Greetings, greetings, once again, to all my enemies and all my friends. That's right, it's the Weekly Worldview, and I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Welcome back. It's the show where we don't take calls. We don't tolerate sponsors, but we do help focus you on the events of the week. Through the lens of original thought, it's good to have you back with us, everyone, as we plow forward into another week of history in the making. Uh, The conservative media distraction story of the week last week, as best I could tell, I wasn't paying all that much attention. But as best I could tell, the conservative media distraction of the week was that one AI chatbot was far more liberal than the other AI chatbot, and that AI may replace Hollywood, and that it's going to be liberal, and that one of the chatbots is actually a pedophile, which would make you think, yeah, maybe they're going to replace Hollywood. So that was the... So we're debating whether or not a bunch of leftists creating artificial intelligence chatbots are leftist and who's more leftist. And that was all the rage this past week. And uh, meanwhile, back in the real world, I've got a report here from Arizona street evangelist Hans Schmidt. Does anyone remember Hans Schmidt? Uh, He was shot in the head while preaching on the street back before Thanksgiving this past year. He is, as it looks like he's still in the hospital, he is showing signs of recovery. So, what, November 15th, December, January, February, over three months later, he's still in the hospital showing signs of recovery. Just an awful tragedy for his family. So we'll all say prayers for Hans Schmidt down in Arizona. He's going to be okay no matter what happens, but it could be rough in between here and there for him and his family. That's all. Um, Let's see. We have an update on a story we did last week. This is from the big fat fake file. That's right. The big fat fake file. The... The Muscular, no, it's not Muscular Dystrophy Society, for crying out loud. Get my charities confused. Get my diseases confused. Multiple sclerosis is what it is. The Multiple Sclerosis Society has issued something of an apology to the 90-year-old woman they fired because she wouldn't use the pronouns of the demented 30-something whiner, the hysterical leftist abused, publicly educated whiner complained to the MS Society's HR department and the HR department fired the 90-year-old for not using the hysterical brat's uh, pronouns. So here's the statement issued by the Multiple Sclerosis Society. She's, uh, they, they issued the following statement to our longtime dedicated volunteer, Fran Itkoff. We realize now that we made a mistake, and we should have had more conversations with you before making this decision. Well, they just wish they would have expressed it more efficiently. 
We wish we'd have had more conversations. Listen to this. They go on to say, while we acted with the best intentions, we did not have clear protocols in place. We should have spent more time with Fran to help her understand. <laughs> to help her understand why we blah, 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 blah. And then they went on about um, diversity, equity, uh, inclusivity, support, of course, and how they want everyone to just live your best life. Just we want to all live our best lives. And that's what we want for Fran, too. The statement concluded, quote, we apologized to Fran directly. Directly? Okay, well, how else do you apologize to someone? I mean, it's, normally it's directly. Why the extra word? Are you uncomfortable about something? Why are you adding words and syllables that are unnecessary? Anyway, let's get back. Now, quote, we apologize to Fran directly, not indirectly, not any other way. We didn't send a lawyer. We didn't send a memo. We didn't email. We didn't text. Well, actually, we might have emailed or text. But we're still going to consider that we apologize to Fran directly. And we reached out to her to find a way to continue working together in the spirit of continuous learning. We are evaluating our learning to ensure our team members are equipped on the best way to implement all of our policies. Can I stick any more words or syllables in there or am I done? <clears throat> anyway, uh, the headline I read was Charity Admits It Was Wrong and Issues Apology. And I, <laughs> I had to put question marks after that because I don't. So anyway, no word on whether Fran was invited back to volunteer after 60 years of slogging in the trenches for a cure for multiple sclerosis. But uh, hey, who cares that, you know, Fran, she's got a one-track mind. She's focused on this horrible disease. She doesn't understand what re what, what's really important is uh, a 30-year-old hysterical brat's pronouns and how we all need to be inclusive and even the 30-year-old brat who needs a smack in the mouth needs to be live her best life. That's You know what that 30-year-old needs to live her best life? A good smack in the mouth. In fact, Fran should be the one to smack her. Fran was way too nice. Once Fran realized what the 30-year-old brat wanted, she should have just smacked her in the mouth. Said, you need a lesson in civility, you little brat. All right, so now, what else do we have? Oh, from the Poetic Justice file, here we go. So I've been making fun of all of us. I've been making fun of America for the past three and a half months since, uh, since we've been trying to hit the moon. Not, not just America, by the way. I think India, China, America, didn't we all try to hit the moon and we've all pretty much messed it up? I, did any of the lunar landings go according to plan? I, I think there was something with all of them so far. The last one, we just stopped talking about it. So I, I have to, I'd have to do a deep dive just to find out what happened to that one. But here, the latest one, early in the week, there was the giant press release from NASA. For the first time in more than half a century, America returned to the moon. At which point, my grandfather was like, oh, that's really impressive. <laughs> no, my great-grandfather. My great-grandfather was like, Wow. We've we're on the moon. That anyway, a big press release. Congratulations, said NASA to Intuitive Machines for placing a lunar lander 
uh, for placing their lunar lander, Odysseus, carrying NASA scientific instruments to a place no person or machine has gone before, the Lunar South Pole. Although that's not quite true because I think the Indians landed on the Lunar South Pole, but their their lander ran out of gas, or I forget, and the mirrors got scratched, or they didn't change the oil. The timing belt came off. I forget what happened. But, like, almost nobody's ever been there before. Almost nobody's ever been to the moon. And we managed to hit the moon with the Odysseus, eh, the Odysseus lunar lander. Uh, uh, NASA went on in their press release. This feat demonstrates the promise of American leadership, they said early in the week. But by Friday... The, uh, the company Intuitive Machines had to go on the air with the truth. They revealed that the lander had actually tipped over on its side and they weren't sure if it was going to be able to get electricity or if it was going to be able to communicate or if it was going to be able to complete any of these scientific missions. And then could we all just please stop talking about this? Because it's really embarrassing that our grandfathers didn't even have computers, hardly. I mean, they had tape drive computers that were pushing buttons and turning knobs, and they hit the moon like 15 times in a row without any problems. But we can't hit the moon once. All the nations of the free world and the slave, everyone. Let's just say we ain't getting it done like we used to. That's all. All right, so there we have that. Uh, why is Nikki Haley still in the race? That's another big uh, big story of the week. Why would Nikki Haley stay in the race for the President of the United States when it's obvious she has no way forward? She cannot win the nomination. How, how is it that she stays in the race, and how can she do that with a straight face? Well, first of all, she doesn't need a straight face. Nobody needs that anymore. You don't have to. No, that doesn't matter anymore. And then there's the second fact is that she knows for a fact that there's no way Donald Trump will be allowed to stand for election in November. She knows it. How does she know it? Just like anyone else with half a brain should know by now, Donald Trump will not be allowed to run for president in November. If they have to arrest him, if they have to have aliens kidnap him, if they have to kill him in broad daylight in public, they will do it. If they have to kill Donald Trump and a million other people to keep him out, they will. Who am I talking about? The deep state, the CIA, the FBI, Barack Obama and his minions, uh, the, the, the criminally insane sex cult that sees the government will not allow Donald Trump to run for election in November. If they have to kill him and a million other people in broad daylight, they will do it. And so Nikki Haley, she's just playing the odds. She knows. She, and when the dust clears, she'll just be standing there. And just like, uh, I, I don't know if you remember big dumb Bill Clinton back in 1992. How did he come out of nowhere? He was just standing there. When all the, <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers, all the other Democrat candidates just evaporated. And then George Bush just, he, he self-imploded. It was amazing to watch. It was, if all, it was as if all the buildings around Bill Clinton just crumbled to the ground. And when the dust cleared, he was the only moron standing there. And everyone thought, there's no way this idiot could be. And sure enough, he became the president. Nikki Haley's playing a similar card. That's all. <laughs> Except for the fact that uh, she knows Donald Trump will be stopped. 
uh, he will not be allowed to run. Um, so there, do I, do I have anything? Oh, listen to this. If you want to know the state of Western civilization, on, on uh, was it Sunday? When was this? Was this, uh, anyway, over this weekend, this past weekend, the Tower Bridge in London was shut down by what uh, Breitbart calls pro-Palestinian protesters. Now, later in the article, they call them anti-Israel activists, but not in the headline. The headline is pro-Palestinian. It could be that Breitbart's just cutting and pasting from the Associated Press because, you know, like most of us, they're lazy and they do as little work as possible. But Me, personally, if I'm putting on something on my website about people who... Listen to what they did. They, they projected the, the Palestinian battle cry from the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. They, they projected that onto the Big Ben clock tower in London as they shut down the tower bridge across the Thames. The bridge was eventually reopened without any arrests because the British police are not allowed to arrest Muslim uh, uh, sympathizers, terrorist sympathizers. And listen to this. This is what was really scary. So all that is embarrassing, right? And not that we don't allow anyone to protest. You have the freedom of speech. If you want to protest, if you want to close a bridge, close a bridge. I mean, we should throw you in jail. I mean, even if you're protesting against abortion and the killing of innocent children, if you close down a bridge, you should be arrested and thrown in jail. How do I know that? I've done it, and I've been thrown in jail, and I was glad to have been thrown in jail. I don't think I shut down a bridge, but I, I shut down a road. or a, I forget. I was accused of shutting down some sort of egress. or Anyway, I've, I've been arrested, and that's, uh, sometimes that's the point. But in London, the police have been castrated to the point where they don't even arrest these terrorist sympathizers, which are terrorists, by the way. Uh, but, oh, here's the here. I, I don't want to miss this here. Extraordinarily, the British House Speaker of the Parliament was forced to hold a vote demanding that Israel stop fighting against the terrorists. Why did he hold the vote? He expressed concerns that, that, that parliamentarians, if they didn't allow a vote, they might face violent reprisals from terrorists. So the British Parliament was cowed into holding a vote because they were afraid that the terrorists might kill them. Now, if that's not a barometer of the state of the Western social democracies, I don't know what is. I don't think the Irish Republican Army was ever able to pull that off. And here you've got the Muslims causing the British, the former Great Britain, to cower before them with the scimitar hanging up over the parliament.
It's the Weekly Worldview, and I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Yes, uh, welcome back. Had to take a little break there to uh, gather ourselves and suffer from all of that. What with the end of Western civilization and the social democracies being conquered without a shot fired? I mean... A few women abused, a few heads cut off here and there in the suburbs, but not an official, you know, and and there they go. Under the scimitar. But hey, there is good news. You want some encouragement? Here is some news from the Life After Row file. A baby named Mars was born. Let's see, where was this? This was at Miller... Children's and Women's Hospital. Let's see. Does it say where this was? Does it really matter? It doesn't really matter. Baby Mars was born at 21 weeks gestation. Baby Mars weighed 17 ounces. That's less than a bottle of Pepsi. Uh-huh. The baby was born on June 9th. Uh, little Baby Mars set the record for the most premature baby born and discharged at Miller Children's and women's hospital, uh, born and discharged. They've had other babies born that young, but none of them had survived. Baby Mars survived until today, as a matter of fact. The baby was discharged from the hospital just this past week. The hospital staff says, miraculously, the child required zero surgeries and simply spent four and a half months in the neonatal Intensive care unit growing and becoming stronger. Mom said, Mars has taught us how fragile life is. Our trust in God, ourselves, and the team here at the hospital has grown. Anyway, just encouraging. This is uh, 21 weeks. 21 weeks. Now, that's beyond the... Well, now, that's within the uh, uh, exception time frame that most Republicans want to set. Most Republicans are against killing babies at 21 weeks, although it's negotiable. They generally come down around 16 or 12 or 8. Um, but those, those dirty Democrats, they want to kill babies at 24 weeks. In fact, they do, those dirty Democrats. Republicans want to kill them only at 16. And well, they don't, Republicans don't want to kill any. That, don't get me wrong. But they're willing to allow the killing of them under 16 weeks if you'll give them the political victory so they can send out fundraisers claiming that they don't want to kill babies who are, well, like baby Mars here at 21 weeks. Although they would make an exception if mom wanted to kill baby Mars, then the Republicans and the Democrats would have said, oh, well, that's, that's an exception. If the mom wants to kill the child, then that's different. Anyway, uh, so there, there's your, the encouraging news of the week. Baby Mars, 21 weeks. That's just amazing. God bless America. You know, the fact that that baby survived at 21 weeks... When you look around at the state of Western civilization and, and the sheer volume of stupidity, ignorance, childishness, selfishness that is dominating our culture, the fact that that baby survived is proof that our forefathers handed us a civilization in which even the relatively stupid can achieve amazing things. I, I mean, oh, well, we can't we can't land on the moon anymore. So, but still, 
All right, let's move on. Now, let's go to the good guys versus the bad guys file. And we're going to start with the good guys, okay? We're going to start with the good guys. A ruling from the Alabama Supreme Court, authored by Justice J. Mitchell, declared that there's no exception for frozen embryos under an 1872 law allowing civil lawsuits for the wrongful death of children or a 2018 state constitutional amendment that required the state to ensure the protection of the rights of the unborn child. Now, those are a lot of extra words that I didn't really even need to say because what I could do was just read what Chief Justice Tom Parker wrote in the decision. Listen to this. Chief Justice Tom Parker, Alabama Supreme Court, wrote the following, even before birth, quote, even before birth, all human beings bear the image of God and their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory, unquote. And the crowd went wild. It's like, hey, this guy should be, I hope this guy's standing somewhere when the dust clears come election time. Chief Justice Tom Parker actually mentioned God and the fact that we all bear the image of God, and that's why we can't allow any unborn children to be killed or discarded or treated in any way that would be disrespectful of God. How about that? Now, this is the winning argument, by the way. I know lawyers and others. In fact, I have a, I think I got a story from, oh, I'm going to read a story from the ultimate Republican shill, I can't remember this loser's name over at Life News. Just the ultimate Republican shill. This guy's been ginning up a relatively meager living, getting Republicans elected for 30 years. Anyway, I'll have a story from him that's just, it's turn your stomach. But this, it, this is the winning argument. Despite what, the, uh, despite what Donald Trump thinks, despite what the National Right to Life Lawyers Guild thinks, Despite what Breitbart thinks or any of the talking heads in the news media, any of them, uh, Rush Limbaugh's 14 replacements, whoever they are, wherever they're talking, no matter what they think about how we win on the abortion issue, this is the winning argument right here. All of us bear the image of God and even before birth and we all should be protected. That's the winning argument. And now... Just to put a finer point on it, Chief Justice Tom Parker went even further. He said, quote, we believe that each human being from the moment of conception is made in the image of God created by him to reflect his likeness. So he wrote that in the opinion from the Supreme Court. So here's the winning argument. It doesn't matter what anyone says. But let's go. That's the good guys. This is the good guys versus the bad guys, right? Remember? So let's go to the bad guys file where we have a report from Bloomberg Law, which purports to be a neutral observer of legal news. So just a distributor of news is uh, Bloomberg Law, where we have a, a, let's see, the byline is Marianne, whoever, whatever, who cares? And Marianne says, the Alabama Supreme Court gave abortion foes a victory. (laughs) 
Recognizing implanted human embryos as children? Unquote. That's uh, Marianne. Notice the dehumanizing language. Implanted human embryos. She could have said uh, Untermenschen Juden if she was in Nazi Germany like 75 years ago. Instead, she says unimplanted human embryo. Um, she could have said nigger if it was 1855. She would have just said nigger. But here she says uh, unimplanted human embryo. In this neutral uh, report, report here. Um she says that uh, this ruling from the Alabama Supreme Court could lead to in vitro fertilization deserts, meaning these vast areas where you couldn't get uh, in vitro fertilization. The, the case was an in vitro fertilization case. I'm not going to go into all the details because you don't really need to go into the details once you read what Chief Justice Tom Parker said. All human beings bear the image of God. Their lives cannot be destroyed without effacing his glory. That's the whole story. That's the winning argument. Uh, but uh, that's what the good guy said. But the, And he said it, in, it, it, was, it, it had to do with an IVF case. But I don't mean, the, the details don't really matter. The decision here, uh, Marianne with the bad guys over at Bloomberg Law, she says this decision is the most extreme state court ruling on personhood so far. It opens the door to anti-abortion groups. Yay! All right. I love this, that our enemy recognizes that this decision actually opens the door to who she calls anti-abortion groups, which that's what I call myself. I'm anti-abortion. Well, I'm just one guy, but trust me, there's a whole group of us. I mean, it's not the biggest group in the country, but uh, there's a bunch of us. Uh, let's see. She goes on. Who do, who do we have here? We have Katie, the director of abortion at the National Women's Law Center. I left out a few words, but that's that's what she is. She's Katie is the director of abortion at the National Women's Law Center. And she says this is bad policy. Uh huh. And then we have Molly, the chief baby killing officer at the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. She says, uh, oh, she said this was bad policy. What did Katie, the director of abortion, say? Oh, she was the one who said, this is the most extreme state court ruling in person at so far. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to attribute that to Marianne. Marianne was the one who called the, uh, the people in question niggers. I'm sorry, uh, 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 implanted human, unimplanted, I'm sorry. Unimplanted human embryos was Marianne. I don't want to get her mixed up with Katie or with Molly here. Um, let's see. Marianne goes on to say other states have been flirting with personhood, fetal personhood, for a long time. Indeed, we have. We've been flirting with it for far too long. It's about time that we just close the deal on that. And I want to thank Alabama Supreme Court Chief Justice Tom Parker and I want to thank Justice Jay Mitchell uh, for authoring the winning argument in, in, the, in the debate over whether or not we should be allowed to murder innocent people. The winning argument is we should not be, no one should be allowed to murder innocent people because we are all created in the image of God and we bear his image. And that, that's really, that's the end of the argument and that's the winning argument. Now, Donald Trump has responded. Because it turns out Donald Trump thinks he's running for election in November. Well, he is running. He thinks he's going to stand for election in November. 
And so he immediately issued a press release calling on the Alabama legislature to find a way to preserve in vitro fertilization. That's right. And of course, Donald Trump said we should preserve in vitro fertilization while preserving the lives of the innocent children who bear the image of God. Donald Trump said, no, he didn't say that. He didn't. In fact, Donald Trump didn't mention the innocent or the children or the image of God. He only mentioned babies as a possession of a parent who desires to have a baby. That Because that's the way Donald Trump thinks. Because Donald Trump is a heathen. He's a greedy, selfish heathen. Who? All right, and I'll leave that aside because I know a lot of my listeners, I know you like Donald Trump. So listen to what he says. He says, the overwhelming majority of Americans, the vast majority of Republicans support the availability of IVF. I call on the Alabama legislature to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve IVF in Alabama. So Donald Trump uh, uh, issues this statement. And, and what did he say about babies? He did mention babies. They need to support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious baby. Why is the baby precious in Donald Trump's eyes? Because the couple wants them. Folks, I'm just telling you, that tells you where the man's heart is. And that's where the heart of the majority of Americans is. Donald Trump knows who he's talking to. Donald Trump understands democracy. And if preserving IVF in Donald Trump's mind, if that means killing some kids, you know, Don's okay with that. Because the important thing is that the Republicans win in November 2024, because let's keep in mind, just like 1992, this is the most important election of our lifetime. I referred to the 1992 election just a few minutes ago. I was told at the time it was the most important election of our lifetime. I can't even remember who ran. I remembered Clinton and I remembered Bush because whatever, they were the ones. I can't even remember what the rest of it was even about. And 40 years from now, is that 40 years ago? 30 years. So hold on, kiddo. 30 years from now, nobody's going to remember what 2024 was about except maybe who won. Or they might remember that Donald Trump was killed or whatever happened. However, they keep him out. But no, it's, it's not that important. But to Donald Trump, that's what's important. So it's obvious by what he says that to Donald Trump, and I think, by the way, the majority of Republican voters, to them, winning in November trumps winning on Judgment Day. It's the Weekly Worldview, and I am your host, Doug McBurney. Thank you for sticking with us. So let me finish with Donald Trump and the Republicans and the winning arguments. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a headline here. This is from the Death After Row file. This is from the Ultimate Republican Shill website, Life News. Uh, Life News, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. The headline speaks for itself. Donald Trump supports pro-life law to protect babies from abortions. That's the headline. 
And then when you read the article, you read that Trump told his advisors in private that he's open to supporting a national pro-life law prohibiting most abortions, most abortions after 16 weeks. Let's try to be reasonable here. There'd be some exceptions, you know, rape, incest, the life of the mother. If it's like my granddaughter who needs someone in my family, then there might be an exception. I mean, if it's one of my donors and one of his kids and, and, you know, if it's very inconvenient and embarrassing, there, there could be an exception that we could find. But overall, I support, uh, I like the idea of a 16-week national abortion ban with the exceptions that I've talked about here. And I know that the shills over at Life News will report this as if I'm pro-life, and that's really what this is about. Because we're winning, baby. In November, we're going to be winning so much, we'll be winning to the point that we're winning. Stop it. Now... Uh, Life News, the shills over at Life News after dutifully putting in the pro-life headline for Mr. Trump. They did say that the Catholic vote president, Brian, whoever, whatever, nobody cares, says the strategy could backfire politically. This and that. Now, nowhere does Catholic vote president Brian mention that what Donald Trump just said is immoral. And he's advocating the murder of certain children for political purpose. No, he doesn't say that. He just says this could backfire politically. Uh, the shill at Life News reports. And then uh, let's see who else. Uh, the, uh, the Catholic goes on to say uh, Trump simply could say blah, 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 blah. And then the Catholic goes on to to basically tell Trump, here's how you lie your way straight to hell, but win in November. Just gives him all kinds of political advice on how to position and word and just say it just right. And don't leave it hanging out there that you actually don't say certain parts. If you want to win, because winning in November is what's the most important. Let's see. Then we have the president of the Susan B. Anthony list. She just came out and slobbered all over Trump and said, Oh, this is one that we strongly agree with President Trump on, on protecting babies at 16 weeks when they feel pain. <laughs> is that? I wonder if that's her exception. What if they don't feel pain at 16 weeks, Marjorie? Then maybe you don't have an exception. Maybe you do have an exception. Well, we know Susan B. Anthony List and Marjorie Dannenfelser, they have all kinds of... They, the one thing they hated was the idea. Hearing the idea that an unborn person, an unborn child is a person bearing the image of God, whose life is sacred, drive Marjorie out of her mind. She hates that. You can't send out a decent fundraising letter every quarter on that. It's the same message over and over. We need to win. Um, now let's go on. Uh, the Students for Life president, Kristen, uh, she encouraged Trump to go further in his pro-life advocacy. Further, like maybe actually being pro-life, maybe? <laughs> Can you believe these people? He needs to go further. <laughs> it's like she needs to be more pregnant. It's like, what are you talking about? So she said Trump needs to go further. This is the Students for Life president, Kristan. She, she, she tells me she'd go further, uh, but she did not call him out or warn him that God hates men who shed innocent blood. She didn't warn him about any of that. Because what's most important to Chris, Dan, is what's most important to Susan B. Anthony, President Marjorie, and the Catholic two-faced... Uh, Brian and Donald Trump himself, 
And most of the people waving their MAGA flags winning in November to them is the most important. Well, I'm here to warn you that winning in November will not compare to losing on Judgment Day. Whatever you lose, and I don't know what it is because I can't judge your heart. I don't know if you're going to be condemned to eternal damnation and hellfire forever or if you're just going to suffer a loss that's going to really, really hurt. I just don't know exactly where you people are. And I know that God is very merciful. But trust me, winning in November does not compare to losing on Judgment Day. And on Judgment Day, you're going to find out that the Alabama Supreme Court justice, he had the winning argument the whole time. And if you would have stuck with that, it wouldn't have mattered what happened in November. So, all right. Um, uh, but by the way, that reminds me. I had a conversation with a friend. I had a friend who's a, yeah, I don't know. I guess you'd call him an agnostic. He was an atheist when I met him. And now he's kind of an agnostic. And then he, he answered a text from me the other day. He said, well, you know, uh, this happened that was bad. And this happened that was bad. But God has blessed me so much. I should just be happy. So I had to ask him, when you said God has blessed me, who were you talking about? And he replied, I don't know. I'm not sure yet, but he said, I've just looked at this from every angle. And I've come to the conclusion that there must be a God because there's no way that everything I am just came from my parents. It can't just be a biological union that spit me out and and and." It just can't be. Because then I have to ask, where did my parents come from? And then where did theirs? And then that, 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 and you go all the way back, and the guy's a logical, reasonable person. He's like, if you go back far enough, I mean, there has to be, right? So he's become convinced there's a creator, which I've been working on him for, I don't know, a few years. Um, but in our conversation... Uh, I, I started to uh, witness to him, obviously, as I, it leaves me an opening. I'm going to try, right? And he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm thinking that what I would like to have is what I've heard that believers have, which is eternal life and joy, because if all if I get, if all I get is nothing and it's just lights out and everything about me just disappears and nothing about me matters... Well, it would be better to get what I've heard that believers get, which is eternal life and joy. So I had to think about it for a little while because I'm trying to be careful. And I ended up, I ended up uh, sending him a response asking him. Well, I told him first, I said, look, I understand where you got the idea of eternal life and joy and heaven and all that. I know where you got that. But where did you get the idea that you are going to get lights out or nothing or annihilation or you just get to go to sleep? Where'd you get that idea? And that's where I left it last time. I just left it. Haven't heard back yet, but I haven't checked my texts yet. So wondering what he'll say to that because, you know, everybody, we all have the idea about heaven. But nobody wants to think about hell. Well, I'm going to make him think about hell at this point. I think that's appropriate. So at some point, you got to move in for the close, right? All right. Now, let's go into the politics file where 
The idea of whether or not there are simply men and women and no other sexes has become a political issue, which is frankly embarrassing. It's no wonder we can't hit the moon. We don't even know if there's just a he and a she anymore. How are you supposed to hit the moon? How can you even be sure of mathematics if you're not sure that? But anyway, so the uh, the governor of Tennessee, who, let's see, justthenews.com, which is my far right wing alternative website where I got this. They remind me that he's a he's a member of the GOP, the grand old party, which is the Republicans. And they say that he has signed legislation permitting officials in the state to decline to perform same-sex marriages. So the, the Republican governor of Tennessee has signed a law permitting public officials to refuse to perform same-sex marriages. A big headline over at the Just the News. But then in the smaller print it says, The bill does not ban same-sex marriages, nor does it give officials the authority to reject marriage licenses to same-sex couples. It merely states that you don't have to solemnify the marriage. Solemnify? Solemnize. Solemnize the marriage if you are an official. So basically you can check out and walk away from the desk while someone else comes in and marries off the queers if it makes you uncomfortable. And, and of course, that's the winning position, you know, because we don't want to offend anyone. We've got elections to win. Let's not warn people that their complete abandonment of morality is going to lead them straight to hellfire and damnation and suffering for all eternity. Let's just try not to make anyone uncomfortable. So what they so the uh, the rejecting of marriage licenses to same sex couples is actually the winning position. I was being facetious. The winning position is to tell two perverts who want to get come in and pretend they're married and make us all bow down and go along with it. The winning position would be to tell them that's nonsense. That's not allowed. That's that's wicked. And then if they get mad and hiss and do whatever, file a lawsuit, well, we should cross that bridge when we get to it. We should stick with the winning position. We all bear the image of the living God. By the way, we bear that image after birth, not just before birth. So after birth, we and it's more uncomfortable to remind adults that they're defacing and effacing the glory of God through their perversion and corruption and their sin. Oh, did I say sin? That's not going to get you any votes in November talking about sin for crying out loud. Nobody wants to hear about that. We've got an election to win. All right. Well, you know, the, uh, the governor there in, in Tennessee, on Judgment Day, God is not going to be happy that he allowed Christians to just check out at the desk while the queers got married. He's going to remind the governor, Bill Lee there, the, 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 uh, the Republican, he's going to remind him that when it came time for you to stand up as a governing official and do what was right in my name, you, sir, were weighed in the balance and found wanting.
It's the Weekly Worldview, and I'm your host, Doug McBurney. Isn't that... Well, you wish you could have that, but... Uh, that's, what he wants. that's what they want, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get it. So my friend, yeah, yeah, I see my, my friend who I talked to, he wants lights out. He wants annihilation. He wants to just sleep forever. Well, I don't know where he got that idea. Well, we'll find out. I'll report on it. I'll report back to you. Now, let's go to the industry of crime file where we go to San Francisco where Fredrickson Hardware. Fredrickson Hardware has been in the neighborhood down in the Marina District for, oh, about 100 years. Well, you cannot walk into Fredrickson Hardware anymore unless there's an employee there to escort you. That's right. They'll only allow customers to enter the store when an employee can escort them. Why? Because they're being robbed blind by shoplifters. A hardware store, store, right? You got drills, you got hammers, you got expensive equipment, and the the thieves are just robbing them blind. And right, and so that you now you have to be escorted. So I went to a Home Depot last week. I had to buy a battery for one of my uh, battery-operated screw guns. Had to buy a battery, and I was escorted to the cage, giant metal cage that was locked. Had to find an employee to unlock the cage, and then the employee would not let me hold the battery <laughs> until after I had paid for it. This employee had to walk me up to the. Until I checked out. And you know what I actually thought of because it was so ridiculous and ludicrous? I actually thought to myself, you know, I could whack this guy over the head and grab that battery and I could be gone. I actually thought about that. Now, I didn't whack him upside the head, but I just... The futility and the stupidity of it all because eventually the criminals will simply whack you upside the head and take it from you. If you want to keep trying to make it so they won't do it, they eventually will just overpower you. This kid was like 17 years old and he was 80 pounds overweight. I could have easily just grabbed it and taken it from him. As could any, any dedicated robber for crying out loud. But so the government has, the government should not rely on 17-year-old, pimply-faced, out-of-shape kids to stop shoplifting. They should punish the shoplifters brutally. The, the punishment should be brutal. It should be indentured servitude, frankly, for the first offense. And don't, don't even get me talking about the second offense. I'll stop. I'll stop shoplifting. In, in my America, the stores wouldn't even have to lock their doors at all. So people be so afraid to steal that you could have your Home Depot, could have the doors wide open. Everybody could walk in, gather what they want. You'd be all self-checkout. Don't even worry about it. But no, no, we're, we're basically treated like slaves and criminals at the store. All right. Meanwhile, the criminals, here's what the criminals are up to. This is from the World Without Shame file. The mom of Kansas City Super Bowl parade shooting suspect, whatever his name is, I'm not going to say it. She put up a GoFundMe page because he got shot, too. And he's in the hospital, and mom said, I need to go fund me for this tragic time. Um, uh-huh. The post-millennial reports this, the post-millennial, which millennials think the post-millennial is a conservative news outlet. And Gen Xers, they really think post-millennial is conservative. Here's what the post-millennial said about, about the 
uh, massacre at, well, the attempted massacre, I guess, because only one person got shot or died. Here's what they said. That shooting, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade uh, shooting, they said that shooting took the life of a mother of two and injured many more. That shooting, as if the shooting was the person. But that shooting wasn't the person. In fact, this punk, who I'm not going to name, he was one of the persons. They could have said that this guy, but they won't say that because there's lawyers and I don't know. Nobody's allowed to say anything unequivocally anymore ever. Because once you do that, you narrow all your options for Barbara Streisand. So I don't know what to say. All right. Um... So you shouldn't need to reserve space for Barbara Streisand. That's all. Just don't. You shouldn't live your life that way. And if you are, that's problematic. Um, uh, the, by the way, this kid whose mom put up the GoFundMe, this was the kid who was on video starting the shooting. He chased another guy, pulled out a gun, started shooting at him. At which point the guy and some other guys started shooting back at him. They all started shooting at each other. That's how all these people got shot. Um, he was shot nine times. Tell me God's not merciful. The punk's alive. Shot nine times. Uh, the fundraiser at GoFundMe has since been deleted because someone has some shame somewhere. I mean, not this guy's mom, but... Um, uh, the, oh, this punk told the police when asked why did he do that, he said, I shouldn't have done it. I was just being stupid. He said, after pulling out a gun and shooting into a crowd of thousands of people, this kid should be put to death in front of God and everybody at, in broad daylight at noon. Forget, there should be a bigger crowd for this guy's execution than the Super Bowl parade. Anyway, uh, that was uh, Tuesday of this week. On Thursday, uh, uh, another alleged shooter, alleged killer. Oh, the Post Millennial calls this guy an alleged killer. They must be listening to my show. Alleged killer, Super Bowl shooter, who I will not name, is uh, had a GoFundMe put up by his family. His sister put up the GoFundMe, calls him a wonderful person. Uh, put a picture of him lying in a hospital bed with tubes hooked up to his face. Uh, he was shot once in the stomach during the mass shooting. That he was firing the gun during the mass shooting. It's, it's nice that they at least call him an alleged killer. He's not an alleged killer, by the way. So the, the mom of the mother was killed. The mother was murdered. So anyone who was shooting, on at, they're all killers, all of them. They should all be put to death. In fact, we could have a heck of a parade. How many guys could we put to death to put up in the gallows right there in the in town square in Kansas City? Put an end to this violence by publicly executing all these little bastards. Instead, their families have the nerve to put up a GoFundMe page. Uh, that that uh, GoFundMe was deleted as well because, again, someone wants to act like they have some shame over it. GoFundMe, I guess. All right. Now, to the politics file. This is... All right. I've got a report from Natural News. These are anti-vax Pro, uh, 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 what is it? Oh, they're pro organic, and I think they're against pasteurizing milk. So there's some things I you might disagree or agree with some of their stuff, but this you can't disagree with. 
so they have uh, they 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 report on all those pharmaceutical commercials. You see those pharmaceutical commercials, right? Now I quit watching TV a while back, but I remember one thing that used to I used to wonder about was how can it be effective to spend millions and millions of dollars on a commercial that nobody understands? And and for a drug that you can barely pronounce and then they never really say what the drug does. And I used to wonder, what is that all about? Well, Natural News told me. They said that these commercials that the pharmaceutical companies put on TV all the time, incessantly, you might think they're about selling drugs, but they're not. What they're really about is buying off the media. Big Pharma is paying off the media with all those ads, which allows the drug company to control what gets broadcasted on the television, across the Internet, on the radio, and especially on the news. So if your paycheck relies on commercials from pharmaceutical companies, is it possible that you might not report negatively on them? Is it possible? Human nature? I'm just saying possible. Don't call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying it's possible that if someone is stuffing money into your pockets, that you might give them a break when it comes to their criminal and negligent behavior. Just saying, okay? Now, so that's pretty obvious. But listen to this. Listen to this. This is an article I didn't get to last week because I didn't realize. But listen. A Democrat super PAC backing Joe Biden's re-election bid. This November, just reserved the largest political ad buy in U.S. history. They basically told the networks and the media, we would like to reserve a quarter of a billion dollars worth of advertising with you for the big election coming up in November. Now, let me just ask, is it possible? Is it possible that if politicians are stuffing millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of dollars into the pockets of the press, that at some point the press could become compromised and corrupt. I'm just saying, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm just wondering aloud if it's possible that the politicians, and this happens to be a Democrat pack. I just haven't seen the story yet on how much money the Republicans are going to promise the press. I, I don't know yet. But birds of a feather flock together. And if you don't think Big Pharma and the deep state are all populated by the same criminally insane perverts, then you just haven't been paying attention. And this little intersection of money and media and politics and drugs... This should make it all, uh, this should open your eyes to some, to some degree. And if that doesn't open your eyes, let me give you this. Get a load of this. This is from the straight-up criminally insane file. The United Kingdom's National Health Service, which I call the Communist Health Service because that's what it is. It's communism. What is socialism? It's communism. It's on a slower installment plan and nobody's shooting you and nobody's cutting off anyone's head yet, but it's communism. So the United Kingdom's Communist Health Service, which is the Socialist National Health Service that's responsible for the health care of everyone in England, from the cradle to the grave, 
The National Health Service has proclaimed that pharmaceutically induced lactation in biological males is just as healthy for babies as milk produced by mothers. So these are doctors. Doctors who are willing to say that we can pump a guy full of enough hormones that he actually grows lactating body parts for crying out. So we can, I didn't know this. You can pump a man full of enough hormones that he grows lactate, lactating glands in his chest. I did not know this. But apparently that can be done. And then, once you pump him full of enough drugs to get that going, then you can pump him full of lactating drugs and he'll produce something like a white milky substance. I did not know this was possible. It is possible. So finding out that that's possible, that's disturbing enough. Just to find out that's going on. But then to find out that there are doctors in the National Health Service in England who are willing to put their name on a document stating that this is just as good for a baby. Listen, it says it's comparable to that milk produced following the birth of a baby by his mum. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I'm telling you. Comparable to milk produced by a biological woman. So anyway, that extra word there, biological woman, that should be a red flag right there. If you're going to let people say there are biological women, then eventually they're going to pump men full of drugs and, and say that they can lactate. And, and they're going to they're pretend they can. And then, and then I'm telling you, 100 million people are going to be slaughtered. So while, while everyone's chuckling and, and distracted by the sheer stupidity and insanity of it all, a hundred million people are going to be brutally murdered right under your noses, you bunch of freaks. Okay, and now let's close on this one, too. We'll close on this one from the Strong Delusion file. I've got a report here on a national shortage of ADHD medication, they call it. That's, yeah. That's like my extremely attractive audio engineer who coined the term for rat poison. She calls it rat medication. <laughs> well, this is there's a national shortage of a a ADHD medication, which is what we used to call amphetamines back in the day. Uh-huh. Amphetamines, which nobody thought about giving 10-year-olds amphetamines legally back in the day. But now there's a shortage of amphetamines for the teenagers. Now, the government is citing manufacturing problems, labor issues, supply chain failures, the fact that we can't hit the moon. That's we can't make Adderall because we can't hit the moon. There's a, so there's all those reasons that they can't keep up with the demand for Adderall. And then there's the huge rise in demand. So the demand for amphetamines, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like the more amphetamines you give people, the more amphetamines they want. Who would have saw that coming? <laughs> okay. So they can't keep up with the demand, the insatiable demand for amphetamines by all the amphetamine addicts out there. And so now it's become a problem now that the, the FDA has shut down one of the major manufacturers because, well, they say this and that and there's paperwork. But, I mean, these are drug dealers, so they probably didn't grease the right guy and they shut him down. And now it's a real problem because you've got 
millions and millions of amphetamine addicts who can't get their drugs. And uh, according to the government, according to the FDA, a resolution doesn't seem likely anytime soon, but we're working on it as hard as we can. (laughs) For all you drug addicts out there, we would really like to be able to provide you with the drugs that we've gotten you hooked on over the last 30 years. Well, that's no, that's not the that's not the legal stuff. That's the stuff they make in a in a two liter bottle of Pepsi. You don't want that. No, this is the this is the pharmaceutical grade. So here, I got a question for you. Um, what if a society got hooked on drugs, or a, a significant plurality of the society got hooked on drugs, and then all of a sudden they couldn't get their drugs? I'm just, I'm going to, I'll leave that hanging out there. What if that happened? Well, I'm just, do you think that would be good, bad, indifference? I mean, uh, so you know who robs liquor stores and banks and, and uh, smash and grab and knocks people over the head to steal their purse? You know who does that? Drug addicts who can't get their drugs. I mean, just mostly. So what if a whole what if what if 20 million people were hooked on amphetamines or whatever the drug is in this case it's amphetamines and then they can't get their drugs what's going to happen You know people are worried that that there's going to be some sort of cataclysmic event happen between now and November because I mean we all know that something's got if you look at what the criminally insane sex pervert cult did to prevent any disruption to their machinations during the last election, if you look at that, or the last presidential election, then it, then it, it is reasonable to think that something really bad could happen between now and November in order to prevent any disruption of the criminally insane sex cult in their whole... Well, they got a drug-dealing operation they got going. They got a, they got a kidnapping and child... Uh, uh, trafficking or thing they got going they they don't need anything to disrupt that and they're willing to go to extreme measures and people worry legitimately i think that something really freaky could happen because four years ago something really freaky happened that none of us ever thought could ever happen and it happened right there in front of god and everybody it went on for like two years well people are worried something worse could happen well what could be worse than uh, 10 million drug addicts who can't get their drugs And then you cut off their cell phone, you cut off their Netflix. For crying out loud, there'd be blood in the streets. And we hope none of that happens, of course. But uh, it's not not crazy or unreasonable to be concerned about any of that. Um, Let's see, what do I want to... I was going to close with that earlier, but... uh, Oh, here we go. I want to close with this AI story. Do I have time? Tyler Perry is halting plans for his $800 million studio. Do you know who Tyler Perry is? I don't either. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Isn't that like two famous people's names just mashed together like he's somebody? Tyler Perry? I don't know there's a Tyler. I know there's a Perry, but I didn't know there was a Tyler Perry. Is it a boy or is it a girl? I don't know. Anyway, apparently Tyler Perry Perry is a media mogul. He was going to spend $800 million on a studio expansion. And he stopped because he saw the videos last week that allegedly were produced by AI by simply, like, you texted into your phone and it produced these incredible videos. 
And so Tyler Perry says, the studio expansion is on hold because what he saw demonstrates what AI is able to do. He said it was shocking to me. After seeing the capabilities of OpenAI's new model, Sora, he can't expand the studio because there might not be need. We might not need studios. You might just be able to send a text to the AI and it produces the next Oscar winning film. So, why? Anyway, folks, does anyone actually believe this? Does anyone besides the salesman selling stock in uh, OpenAI believe any of this? Do you really believe that AI is going to replace human beings when it comes to the production of creative content? Do you really believe that? I don't think there's enough drugs on the planet to make that a reality. Don't believe the hype. And if you bought the stock, my advice would be sell it sooner rather than later. And that's it for the Weekly Worldview. I want to thank my friends at Real Science Radio. And uh, I think that's all the friends I have left. (laughs) So that's it. And I want to thank you for tuning in. And, uh, well, Lord willing, we'll return next week. And until then, may the grace of God go with you. And may the peace of Jesus Christ be upon you.